Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist, working for a government agency, and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi-six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, everybody. So I am back for two days in a row. And today I am going to cover things to consider, specifically three things, but I'll like interject some other areas. I do want to cover what you want to consider before running Facebook ads. And so this question actually came from our DTA community, um, especially when we're talking about things like automation and niche, but you know, therapists are growing their businesses at different levels. And we had one of our students about two weeks ago that asked, how do I run Facebook ads or how do I optimize Facebook ads? And so the question was not appropriate for the framework that we teach for the Dope Therapist Academy private practice program. However, I thought it would probably be better that I make it a podcast episode. I go live on Instagram just because I'm in the energy to do so. And we'll also download this information for those people who want to watch it later on YouTube, on the audio podcast and so forth. Um, I'm really excited because this topic can also pertain to any business owner or entrepreneur who has thought about Facebook ads or has done them and not seen results. What we're going to do is go to just Facebook ads part one. And part one is really about being well-educated about how you don't want to waste money. Okay. And so it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in, even though my services are catered to therapists, please share this with any entrepreneur, especially those who are trying to expand their reach. If you did not watch my live from yesterday, or catch it on the podcast if you're listening over there, then you definitely want to go back and listen to how you can expand your reach, especially online. Again, it doesn't matter what stream of income or business type you have. The workshop yesterday can apply to every single type of business. It's just that probably my examples, um, some of them may be related to being a therapist, but you just swap out the word therapist for whatever you do. And so um, today we're going to be talking about things to consider before running Facebook ads. And so before I get into the three key things to consider, the first thing I want you to think about is one, what is your audience? And then what problem do you solve with your audience? You do want to know who your audience is. So an easy way to even find out what kind of audience you're attracting, because sometimes you think that you're attracting a certain group of people and you're not, right? And so what you want to do is first, um, especially if you have a smaller audience on a business page or a creator page, especially on Instagram, what you want to do is just simply go over to your followers tab. What I would typically do is I would go over to the followers tab on my Instagram And it's like not who you're following, but that does speak to your algorithm. But more importantly, who are your followers? Now, it may not give it to you in a certain order, but I would probably just do five scrolls to see if even hell the names and the profile pictures match people that I want to attract. You know, if it's looking like bots, like for therapists, it's a little easier because usually therapists have their name or their title linked to whatever they're doing, but sometimes they don't. So sometimes I'll just randomly choose someone and say, hmm. Who is this person? And then they may have a doctor in front of their name, but I don't know if they're a therapist. And that's a quick, easy way to see if you're already attracting people to whatever platform you use. That can be on YouTube, Instagram, 
TikTok, just go to who is automatically being attracted to your stuff. Now, granted, this does not include everybody who's watching your stuff because you can't see who saw it, but you can go to analytics and let's see, I'm going to go to my professional dashboard. So this is available if you have a business or a creator's account. Okay. So when I go over to my professional dashboard, um, if this is my main page, I click right here. If you're listening to this on the podcast, it's in the it's right under your bio and it says professional dashboard. It's going to run your stats for the last 30 days. If you have a personal account and you have a business, that's a whole nother life because there's no way if you have a private account, I'm sorry, if I'm interested in your services, I'm not waiting for you to approve me because I don't even remember your name, first of all, on Instagram. So why would I even be thinking about your product or your services or you? I'm being real. Three days later, because finally you approved me, right? Like no business wants to wait to get approved. All right. So when I go into my professional dashboard, and if you're listening on the audio, then you just follow. So it says insights. It's going to give me the data unless I change it from August 27th through September 25th. Now I am currently running Facebook ads. So my numbers during Facebook ad, or if I'm launching something, is typically going to be a lot higher compared to regular organic traffic. Okay. So it says accounts reached, accounts engaged, total followers, content you shared, all those things, right? But that's not what we're focusing on today. I'm going to keep scrolling down because what I want to look at is my audience. Okay. So if I click on accounts reached now for the last 30 days, it's going to tell me I reached 31,229 accounts. However, 77.8% of those accounts reached have been through Facebook ads, okay? It actually tells me that. So then it tells me the people who have seen my content, 4,952 are actually my followers, but 26,200 are non-followers, which means that my Facebook ads are actually working, okay? But then this is the part that really I want you to focus on, which is to scroll down under this professional dashboard, and I want you to look at your reached audience, okay? So if you have a brick and mortar business, like I know a cousin of mine, like he, he lives here. So he has a business. Now, because he's brick and mortar, brick and mortar is that you're not virtual. The type of work that he does, it has to be in person. So if, if I were him, I would look into my creator or business account and I would look at Who's looking at my stuff? Okay, it's cool that people are looking at it from New York or Atlanta, but do they got friends like where I live if I were him so that I can attract people to my business where you have a brick and mortar or if you're a therapist, if you have a private practice office, maybe a group practice, right? So if you do any in-person events, any type of retreats, you do want to set up your audience to be attracting the people in those areas. And you can set up ads where you can actually target people in specific cities, or I would say surrounding states, like in California. If I'm having an event in California, I would reach out to Oregon, Arizona, and Vegas. Okay. Those are like the closest ones where people can mostly fly here within less than two hours. And the the flights may not be as you know, high value, don't like to say expensive, right? But these days they up there, right? So my top cities are New York. New York is always number one for me. 
So it's New York, um, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Texas. Those are usually my, my top four states. And those are where most of my clients come from. Now, if I scroll over, it's going to tell me my top countries. It's going to tell me my top age ranges. So for some of you, this is vitally important because you want to attract women that are professionals uh, that you do therapy or a service with or when it comes to your live event and you want women that are 25 to 45, well, are you even attracting people to look at your free content that are within that age range, right? And we're going to get into some things to consider because it's going to come down to demographics and people's behavior, not just their age, okay? So my demographic has actually not changed over the last seven years. 37% are 25 to 34 35 to 44 is 25.7%. 18 to 24, that actually has changed. I, I didn't usually attract 20% of 18 to 24 year olds. However, it may be due to like probably some reels that I've done that are more comical, right? So reels are a little tricky, especially when I'm dancing and I have a message because it may be to a trending sound. And you want to consider these variables that can create change in your outcome. It may have just been something that you use. I'm like, oh my God, this, this post has went viral, but did you just use like something that went viral? Like when I, I made a joke on DTA yesterday, um, where, you know, we had went to the BET Awards. I was invited by a nonprofit that I work with. And, you know, I saw it happening with Boosie. Like, you know, they got him like on a video, like getting pumped up in his seat or whatever before the award started. But then that video, because we couldn't even physically see him. We were all on the floor, but he was all the way to the right. Me and my husband were all the way to the left, right? He was like in the front of the first section. We were like in the middle of the first section. So we couldn't see him. It was like four sections over. And then everybody was crowding around him. However, when we got home, we saw all the footage. But what happened? People were using that to create memes and stuff like that. So if you do that while the BET awards are still popping, usually the buzz is around seven days where people are talking about how people dressed and all the things and the performances. Yeah, when you replay even the sound of him dancing or talking or memes or you just doing this while he in a green screen, you're going to have a higher variable of people paying attention. But the question you want to ask yourself is, were they paying attention? And you won't know unless they respond. Are they paying attention to the trending sound and the meme or are they responding to your actual message? Now, a quick way to find out if they're paying attention to your message is to tell them to do something. So if I know that I'm choosing something that's super trendy and I'm intentional, not just having fun, I'm always intentional, but it's an, it's levels to intentionality, right? So if I'm like super intentional and I want people to DM me or comment back, I'm going to tell them to do that because I want to exclude like the 5,000 people who done saw the real compared to the 100 people that have commented. The 100 people that have commented ideally are therapists because I'm asking them something related to being a therapist, right? So if you're watching, put a one in the comment box if that makes sense, all right? Because sometimes you you bank like your level of success on trending sounds or trending re uh, memes and then you like, see, I told you people want to see my content and then you run off and go run Facebook ads because you feel like people are paying attention. But it's all these kids in high school that just so happen to keep scrolling while they're at the bus stop, right? And then they come across a sound and they're like, oh, this lady could dance, like, you know what I'm saying? Or they just watch it, right? So you want to pay attention to age, and then gender, depending on who your audience is focused on, some of you are focused on both, but I really pay attention to my gender. My gender is pretty much stable. 88.9% is women, 11% is men, which is 
pretty average for me, right? And then it gives you other data. So that's where I would say start with just understanding who you're naturally attracting because Facebook ads are running on Instagram. And if you're not attracting the right people on Instagram to start with, and your Facebook ads are running to Instagram, I'll share in a moment how that can be all bad and you're spending money while you're doing it, okay? So understand your targeted audience, understand who you serve, what problem you solve, and what transformation you can help them have. But we know that niche goes way deeper um, than that. Okay, so the three things to consider if you are um, in a position to take notes, definitely do that. So number one is, I like I said, identify your audience. So um, you want to journal on who do you think <laughs> is your ideal customer? Most of you who have a business, you've done this. If you are in our programs, you have done this over and over again. But this is what you want to add on. You want to break down things like demographics, which I just gave you an example of, but don't just use Instagram because that's just what you're attracting. That may not be your desire of what you want to attract. That is something totally different, right? So I may say for the launch we have coming up for scalability, I only want mental health therapists that already have an existing business. They've already generated a certain amount of money in their business. And we have two programs that are opening up at the same time, but but they're all scalability. It's just one has more access than the other because one level is expected to learn about scalability and implement it and see changes and see transformation and, and see uh, profitability increase um, and build out systems for scalability. While the other level expectedly has this information, just really uses the coursework as a refresher, but they've already implemented email marketing. They've already launched something. They already um, have maybe the idea to launch a group practice, but they've already hired therapists. They've already got credentialed as a group. They just now really want to show up as a better leader and if not just really implement all of these moving pieces that they have already learned. So they get access to the course shell. That's our mastermind, but they also get accessibility to myself on a more intimate level beyond a group. But those are two different levels of clinicians and not everybody is made for the mastermind because there is no way you can hide on a Zoom call when it's just me and you. There's no way you can hide when I tell you to Voxer me at the beginning of each month and tell me how your last month went. Like there's no hiding. I know every single last one of y'all name and even the other program, it's still intimate in a group. So I still know all of your names. Okay. And so, you know, in our larger programs, it's very easy for somebody to keep the thumbnail off, never show up, never ask a question, potentially even clearly learn and transform through the other people's experiences, but you can't hide beyond a thumbnail one-on-one. Okay, and that's what I want all y'all to understand because everybody be chasing down that one-on-one access, but you're not even ready to prepare to show up for that one-on-one access, okay? So three things to consider. The first one is identifying your audience. So consider basic demographics, but that should include also what's called psychographics, also known as the way that people think. So for example, one way that you can gather this information is by polling your audience. We talked about that yesterday. You can get customer survey uh, feedback, you know, back and actually analyze it. Don't just get it to say you got it. You want to give out and then collect 
and analyze the data for surveys. So yes, y'all, statistics is a real thing. And this is where statistics will help you grow your business. Some of y'all trying to like act like statistics never existed because you did not like it. But statistics had a word called variables and probability, right? And if we just do basic statistics, what is the percentage of the probability of someone saying yes? Well, in order for you to figure out how many times it takes for somebody to say yes to therapy, to something that you have, you need to analyze the previous data to say, dang, out of all these phone calls, it typically takes five times for me to even talk to one person for that person to say yes. Or I noticed that I will get five no's before I get one yes. Or out of a hundred people that go to my sales page, 30% of them convert. If I'm saying words that doesn't make sense, it's fine. That's why we're going to have something at the end of October related to scalability. Just make sure, actually it's going to happen throughout October, but make sure that you pay close, close attention to emails and posts that I put out, right? You also want to understand beyond the thinking of your clients with, you know, how do they value what you're offering? Do they even understand what problem you solve? Do they even understand they got a problem, right? Because maybe you need to do more education around helping them become aware that there's a problem. So for example, when I first started running Facebook ads, it was not to sign up for a program. It was to educate therapists on, hey, here's a checklist. These are things that you want to consider before you open up your solo practice. And I still have that going on to today. It's just up, upgraded, right? More enhanced, more in depth. But at the end of the day, it can be for those who start a private practice from scratch or those who already have one, and they can use the checklist for their checks and bounds, right? But I'm just making them aware of a profitability system that we do teach to our clients in our program, but maybe people are not even aware that all of these moving parts of a business exist. So some of you put a one in the chat box, if this applies to you, you may need to take a step back and actually find out what information your customers or clients actually either are seeking or they are not aware of, but that you provide. Because if you are jumping to, this is the problem that I solve and everybody should buy or all my ideal clients should buy, well, they are not even aware that a problem exists. Got it? Okay, so um, that is thinking. Now, the last one in this category is behaviors. What do your customers or clients do? So I'm just going to use therapists, right? Over time, it wasn't enough for me to think about, well, what did I do? Because at the end of the day, hell, I was typing in therapist business coach, but that wasn't coming up. Now, yes, I use that title on my Instagram page because now it's more well known, but not all the way known, right? Like a lot of therapists still don't know that there's help to be had in your business, right? A lot of therapists don't even believe that they need help in their business. So I know that I'm dealing with still a very new pioneering situation in my business. And I've been coaching for almost a decade behind closed doors and in front of the public, right? But I know that a lot of therapists that I've talked to and they do our assessments in our program, when I ask them why they sign up for our program beyond like the connection with me, And through the content, they say, to be honest, I've been watching you. I've been stalking your page. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all have said that to me. I've been stalking your page for like a year. I've been stalking your page for a year and a half. And I finally decided to make the leap. But I'm I'm so grateful for your podcast. I'm so grateful for you taking me on the journey and the stories, even simple things like showing me that you can take your laptop to a family trip, but you ain't got to work the whole trip. You may only work for 30 minutes, but the bottom line is you can work from anywhere and everywhere. So it's given me permission to step out on faith and get help in my business. 
And also it helps for them to hear from other therapists, right? So that's why I showcase them either on my podcast or we share wins because I know that therapists, some of them, really believe that to get help with their business, they just got to do it on their own. They go to YouTube and Google University. But again, how did I find all of this out? Let's go back to the question. How did I find out that these were their behaviors beyond things that I would do searching for help? I asked them. I I just straight up asked them, like, what are y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? And people will tell you. Okay. So that is identifying your audience and looking at demographics, how they think called psychographics and then behaviors, okay? Number two, the second thing you wanna consider before running Facebook ads or running them again is crafting your message for your specific audience. So if you don't know who your audience is with the demographics, psychographics, or behaviors, this is why a lot of people lose money on Facebook ads, okay? So let's first talk about the right message, okay? So you can have um, one product, but maybe it hits different layers of your customer or clientele mindset or status in their career or life, right? So let's just say if you just want to work with moms, but your language needs to be different of a mom who just had a baby compared to a mom that has a one-year-old. You're dealing with early postpartum versus, oh my gosh, they're becoming independent, right? I'm not saying like zero to 10 because those are totally different milestones. But at the end of the day, with Facebook ads, you do want to identify specifically who you're targeting and potentially even put out the same ad or maybe a different graphic or video, but a different message. So the way that I've done this in the past is there can be the exact same or different graphic and it's literally my headline, either on the graphic or in the text or both. And the headline will read, Um, There's been three different kinds. One has said to all therapists or mental health providers, whatever word I want to use to describe therapists, right? I can change that too. To all, or are you a pre-licensed therapist? And they're like, I am. You know, you want people to see yourself and be like, oh, that's me. And then they'll keep reading versus just looking at the picture, right? You want qualified leads. The third category was, are you a licensed provider? I can even twist it up and say, you know, do you want to start your private practice or do you want to relaunch your private practice for profitability? Put a one in the comment box if that makes sense. So sometimes you may have to do what's called split testing, which means that when you set up your Facebook ads, for those of you who've already set them up, you should know what I'm talking about. When you set them up, you can set up two different ads The link is the same potentially where they go unless you want to create more work and make it more complicated. They're still going to land on my bootcamp page at the end of the day. But what I'm trying to look at if we're analyzing analytics is I will have data from the Facebook ads manager platform that says you're getting way more traffic from licensed individuals. So let's just say if I wanted to go all in and switch up my marketing and say, the pre-licensed people gonna creep in when they creep in. But I notice even in my program, if I'm looking at all the data, that people who are already licensed, they may move faster, which means that they get quicker results. And I am all for results as soon as you come into the program, whether it's mindset or like tangible versus intangible, because people who get either type of result will tend to get more pumped up about doing the work to get more results versus somebody who says, Oh my God, I got to wait so long to get licensed. And then they didn't follow my rules in terms of when or when not to join our program because I have rules around pre-licensure. And then they jumped the gun just because they had a FOMO, like fear of missing out. 
So again, you want to analyze all the data, whether you are just looking at Instagram, you're looking at your email list, or you can look at your Facebook ads and you can ask yourself, maybe I should talk to two different groups of people. Like I just gave you license versus pre-license. You do a little blurb, one line about how whatever you're having can benefit them based on their level, but then they all end up in the same place. And you just have to make sure that your messaging with where they land matches who they are. If the messages are completely different, either you need different programs or different levels or maybe different landing pages, but they still end up in the same place. And that's maybe where you would get help from AI or like a copywriter. Okay. Or a brand strategist or something like that with messaging. Okay. So understand your messaging. Also tailor your ad creatives, your copy messaging. I'll break down what all that means in your call to action with what resonates with which audience. So beyond the names and the titles that I just mentioned, creatives could be, if I scroll down my like feed, I will see that people are engaging with my ad. So right now, This is an ad right now. And you see it's, let's just read it. It says, therapist, do you want to start a private practice but need some help on where to start? Whether you're just getting started or looking to expand. So I'm talking to both, right? Um, I want to help you. I have, and then I underlined what I have for them. So, you know, we want to get straight to the point. Business plan um, made simple checklist. So even the name of my checklist tells them what they're getting. Like, listen, I'm gonna get you a business checklist, but I'm gonna make it super simple, right? So they know exactly what's gonna be delivered to their inbox to help you start your private practice journey. So let's just say if I wanted to tweak this in the moment right now, right? If I wanted to tweak this, what I would change is, therapist, do you want to start or relaunch if I'm talking to both groups like throughout the whole thing, right? But bottom line is we've been getting leads, but I can go and change that. I address it there, but I can say business plan, uh, made simple checklist to help you start or elevate your private practice and and remove the word journey, right? Easy fixes, but you won't know how something is performing. Like this is performing very well, so I ain't touching it. But if this wasn't getting performance, I would then ask myself, maybe I'm mixing up the groups and people don't know who I'm talking to. So that's one ad creative is the whites, right? So then if I go down, here's the other one. Sometimes I just switch up the color of the background because I feel like people are more attractable to something. So this one says the exact same thing. The only difference is it's pink. So that's the ad creative. You can do a variety of a video, an image, or a carousel, but make sure that if you're in Facebook Ads Manager, which is like a whole nother course, not even a workshop, right? You want to make sure that if you're putting um, um, stuff in Instagram real format or story format, that it's formatted to go into a story. So some of you may have seen these ads, but it's not a square. It actually is the the 16 by nine or whatever the, the dimensions are to make it look like an actual story. Okay. Um, you can do all that in Canva. Now let me read to you my copy because sometimes it's not the graphics. It's not your desire. It's simply, you don't know what you're talking about in your copy, meaning it's not attractable. It's cute, but it's not attractable, right? So I'm going to read this one and I want you to put a two in the comment box. If even if you are already like in our community, the copy would make you just want to see what the hell is in the, <laughs> in the checklist. Not a checklist. You ain't got to click on a Facebook ad because I'm gonna talk about the money, but you can just simply go to the link in the bio and get it right. So it says a little, it has the little emoji. So do emojis because people like to be engaged. Oh, also the reason why this one is straight to the point and it's not like all this animation, 
2020 kind of took all took all of us out in terms of stimulation for a long period, which is why short form content works best, right? So this is the copy. Jumpstart your therapy practice. Next paragraph. At, um, are you a therapist with big dreams of launching an abundant private practice? Oh, that's what it was. I really wanted to hyper-focus on really people. I had to read this to remember why I wrote it this way. I really wanted to hyper-focus on the beginners because we don't have an open enrollment period for six months since our last open enrollment. So I knew that I wanted to warm people up to me and to increase my brand awareness to what I am an expert in so that by the time that we launch our program, if they feel like they're a great match, they would already be building up the anticipation to come to our boot camp. Okay. So are you a therapist with big dreams and launching an abundant in private practice with a little rocket ship. It's time to turn your dreams into reality with our business plan checklist. Next line. Here are three reasons why you need the checklist and need is in all caps. Okay. So number one, clarity. The checklist provides a clear roadmap to help you outline your business goals and strategies, ensuring that you stay on the right track. Nowhere am I telling them I'm going to help them build their whole private practice. So be careful what you overpromise. Okay. But I still over deliver with that long, beautiful checklist. Okay. Number two, efficiency. Save time. So I'm using, I'm going to call them buzz money keywords, right? Abundant words that will help therapists say, hmm, I need a clear roadmap. I don't even know where I'm going. Or therapists are attracted to the words like strategies, right? Because we're so into treatment plans and stuff, right? But when I think about efficiency, what do most therapists tell me on my questionnaires? I ain't got enough time. I don't even want to join the program because I ain't got no time. I can't come to the boot camp. This is another rationale. Like I ain't going to sign up for the boot camp because I can't come live. Let me just nip that in the bud right now. My job during my boot camps or live sessions is to get you the information. If you can't watch it live, that is not the reason to not sign up. Your role as a business owner is to get the information, implement what you would like in your business and see results even if it's a mindset change. So if you ever told yourself, oh my God, I'm not going to sign up even for something that's free because I can't show up live, that doesn't make any sense. All right, so I want to save time and avoid costly mistakes by following our proven steps and avoiding common pitfalls. So hashtag systems. So efficiency. So my hashtags dictate what's in that checklist. Structure and systems. Number three, last one, confidence. With a well-structured plan in hand, you'll have the confidence to tackle the challenges of starting your private practice head on. Hashtag service, like providing great service, right? So don't miss out on this opportunity to kickstart the journey to a successful private practice. Grab your free, in all caps, business plan checklist now and start building the private practice of your dreams. With a little arrow, click to get access to this exclusive free checklist to jumpstart your journey to a profitable private practice ownership. You are committed to helping, I'm sorry, we are committed to helping you unlock your abundance in 2023. Get access today and let's get started. Put a two in the comment box if you just want to go get the checklist. Like, girl, you had me at clarity, right? Like you had me pumped up when you talked about not lagging in time. You want to know the words, behaviors that your clientele or customers are using or better yet searching for on places like Google, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, 
But all you got to do is ask them. Like, I, I remember I was trying to like pump up my YouTube channel, right? And I had to come to the realization, like I'm still struggling here, y'all. But I had to come to the realization that like therapists don't go to YouTube to go look up business stuff. They go, and I, I wanted to confirm this. So I'm like, let me survey my audience. I did it last year. And sure enough, I'm like, I don't know if I manifested these results, but I, I feel like this is just the real because hell, this is what I look up. I watch vlogs about how to travel. I watch vlogs about the top 10 resorts in a particular state or country or city, right? I'm looking up kid-friendly resorts because clearly I like to travel, right? Now, I may look up clearly things that I that are related to me in my business, but it's not related to a therapy practice or therapist mental health business. So I may say, oh, I want to increase my followers on Instagram. So I'm going to look up stuff on Instagram. But therapists are not looking for how to grow my private practice. It is very rare that they're looking that up on YouTube. But I did come to the conclusion that like women, we looking at how to install or reinstall our unit. Right? <laughs> like how to get the best deal when you go somewhere. Right? Like we looking up stuff. Put a put a one in the comment box if y'all 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 know I'm telling the truth. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. You go on to YouTube of how to install this IKEA collax system right here. You feel me? Look. So if my husband don't want to read the instructions, you don't think he can go to YouTube and type in what is the quickest way to put up the collax system with five, six levels. <laughs> so that's what we're going to look up on YouTube. We're not going to look up how to be a better therapist, right? So I'm saying that because if I spent all of my time on YouTube, am I saying that it won't lead to growth? It will because I'm spending my time there. But I realize that when I show up on places like Instagram, this is where majority of the therapists find me. And then I can just take this video and go put it over on YouTube in a different format, Okay. So I hope that that makes sense um, in terms of crafting your message. Now, number three in terms of um, things to consider is choosing the right ad placement and format. So if you're not familiar with the back end of Facebook ads, then this will not make sense, but still just hear me out. So Facebook ad placement is you're going to tell Facebook, they're going to give you suggestions, but you can uncheck them. And it's going to ask you, do you want to place your Facebook ad on different places on Facebook, different places on Instagram? Because those are the same company, right? Um, so if you don't want yourself to show up on Instagram and you feel like majority of your audience is on Facebook and you have data to support that, just do that, right? I know that I have a large amount on both and most of the therapists that follow me on Instagram, they are probably in some Facebook groups, but they may not be as active as they are with like scrolling, for example, on Instagram, but I give it to both and Facebook ads can tell me Every single time I run Facebook ads, where does my traffic come from? Now, I'm a little bit more complex, but it came with learning over time. I now have two different landing pages that will measure the stats. So a landing page is where you go and put in your name and your email address, right? So for any of our boot camps or any type of freebies, I didn't start off this way, but I just felt like I wasn't getting the data that I needed. And I don't want to spend my time and money in terms of my team's energy with putting all of our energy with uh, being in a platform that is not yielding results, if that makes sense. So when you go to one of my landing pages based on where you click from, it may say something as an acronym at the at the end of the URL. So for example, if somebody signed up for the bootcamp through a Facebook ad, it's going to have a URL and then it's going to have at the end FB. That is for me, Facebook ads, meaning at the end of the launch, I will be able to go look at my numbers and actually say beyond Facebook ad spend, how many people saw my stuff and converted from Instagram, from my email list, from my podcast, 
or from uh, Facebook. All I do is create one page. I clone it multiple times, the same information. I just change the end of the URL because I like to see the hard data because at any time, if I want to clean up shop, which we do every year, twice a year, if I want to stop doing something, I'm going to do something that's not yielding results, right? Put a one in the comment box if that makes sense. I know that that may have went over people's heads if you don't even know what I mean by like landing page. But at the end of the day, you can do a lot of things to see what's happening with your results, right? But these are all things that you have to learn. I'm not going to go through all of this on a free Instagram show, right? These are things that are tied in our scalability programs too. So just to recap, before I give you some examples um, of what we talked about today with things to consider before you run Facebook ads are knowing your niche and targeted audience, right? And what they want, what they're looking for, what they're searching. Three things to consider before running Facebook ads for the first time or again is identify your audience by understanding their demographics, their psychographics, and their behaviors. Behaviors are what they do. I didn't go into that one. What they do, what they like, what is their activity, what are they typing in, what type of groups are they from. If I'm looking at therapists, I may go to National Association of Social Workers, APA, AMFT, ABCI, right? And I can like look at to see if I'm getting traction from any of people who identify with that stuff on their Facebook page. So this is the thing. Sometimes we'll go through an Instagram post and it'll say, wow, like you can boost this post. So then you click on the button, boost the post. And then it'll say something, actually, let's do it. Let's do it together. Well, y'all ain't know my page, but let me go to like, I don't know. So I'm gonna go to this podcast one, right? So I'm not gonna turn on the ad, but I'm just gonna show you what I'm doing. So I'm gonna click boost this post. Okay, this is not in Facebook Ads Manager, but you can edit it in in Facebook Ads Manager. It's more complicated. So I'm going to click Boost Posts. Another page is going to pop up and it's going to ask me to enter some details based on my goal. So right here, it says select a goal. What results would you like from this ad? Do you simply want brand awareness? Then you click More Profile Visits. Do you want them to visit a website? Now, please note, Facebook will charge you based off of what type of conversion you have. I ain't got those numbers in breakdown. I'm just letting you know they charge you more even for leading people to a paid product directly. And there's ways you can get around that too. But that again is tied in our programs. So the reason why I say it's tied in our programs, let me be clear. I ain't trying to be stingy, but it's like multiple workshops. Put a one in the comment box if y'all understand that because I don't want people that listen to my content and be like, oh man, I thought she was going to give me X, Y, and Z. I'm not that person that's stingy. But in order for me to fully teach you something, it has to be in a systematic way, kind of like giving you a syllabus to a 15-week course. Facebook ads cannot be taught in no 45-minute Instagram live workshop. I have to have conversations with you. I need you to go and do homework. That starts with what we talked about today. Then I need you to go set up a Facebook ads manager. I need you to create a Facebook pixel. I need you to put that pixel on a landing page. Oh, you don't even know what a landing page is. Let me have a lesson on what landing page is too complicated. (laughs) So I can make it simple, but not like this. All right. So What you're investing in when you learn how to do those things, if you've ever saw people that offer, including myself, products or services that will help you build out email marketing and things like that, what you're investing in is the time to get your time back to learn exactly what you need to get the result that you want. If you want to do all this by yourself, by all means, search on YouTube and hopefully you find a person that's updated with information that you need and you like their teaching style and a whole lot of other stuff, right? So maybe you want to get more website visits. Maybe you want more DMs. So I'm just going to say more profile visits. I don't know. So then it's going to say, invite people to explore your profile. And then it's going to say, Dr. TK. 
So it's going to just match what I said. I'm going to click next. Then it's telling me what it's doing at the top. It's telling me pick your audience. This is where Instagram inside of it is limited compared to if you go to Facebook ads manager, you can get way more detail going into Facebook ads manager. Like this is why all of these PS iPhone iOS systems are asking you, do you want to be tracked? So on one hand, and I think that you would see things differently on one hand, we may feel like as human beings, dang, I don't want y'all watching every move I do. You know what I'm saying? So I understand that with certain websites, I don't want them to track me. Like, no. But sometimes I know I need that extra nudge from certain websites to like remind me of what I need to get, right? <laughs> or if it's creators that I like, I actually want to see their content. So from a business perspective, I want you to think about this and put a two in the comment box of now you see things just a little different, right? As a business owner, you want people to be tracked. When you open up a Facebook ads manager account, it's going to have you create what's called a Facebook pixel. It's kind of like an ID that you never leave home without. It's a number. Your Facebook pixel, if you follow, is placed on places like your website, your landing pages, your launch or enrollment pages, your email marketing system, your Facebook ads are attached to the pixel. So what happens is if you were interested in my bootcamp, but you're like, oh man, I'm at work right now. I can't sign up for this right now, right? And you say, oh, whatever, like uh, Facebook allows me to follow you or whatever, right? The Facebook pixel is what is following you, right? So some of you may get annoyed, but it depends on what you choose to follow you, right? So if you leave the Facebook page and then you log back in later, odds are you're gonna see my ad again because it has already recognized that you've paid attention to my Facebook ad. So how this works as a business owner is that we value the pixel because without the pixel, we can't remind you. And research shows in this day and age that it takes 15, it used to be seven in 2018. It now takes 15 to 17 touch points on average for somebody to bust a move. What is a touch point? You may need to see something 15 to 17 times before you go and put in your name and email address. Put it to in a comment box if you just heard that whole spiel and maybe you have a different level. I ain't saying you still allow it, but maybe you have a different level of respect as a business owner if you're interested in Facebook ads as to the importance of the following of the pixel. Because remember, if you're not able to follow people and they don't give you their email address, it's kind of like, uh, they saw your stuff, you pay for them to see your stuff, and then there's no follow through because they didn't give you their email address, right? So there's a pro to each side. I, as a human being and as a business owner, understand both sides. But when they start cracking down on the Facebook ad stuff because of all the politician stuff that was happening with old boy, I ain't gonna say his name, and just like extra money being spent of how to follow people, I know it was annoying. I just got upset though, because I was like, oh man, like this sucks for like smaller businesses. So then it's going to ask you to define your audience. It will say, is it automatic? Now this is, be careful. This is where you're going to lose money. Automatic. Instagram targets ads to people like your followers. So if your followers are only your family members and they don't do or show up how your customers um, show up online, what's going to happen? People like your family members are going to get your Facebook ad. And let's just say if your, your uh, family don't believe in investing, like they're they like, nah, all right? Like we don't pay for nothing extra, right? So what's going to happen? You're going to be paying money for people to look at your ad, 
click on your ad because you pay for them to see it. See it and click it. And this is how I will see therapists in our mastermind say things like, I was selling a $10 book. I linked it to the page. I boosted my post, whatever. And I got people seeing it, but I didn't get any paid uh, book sales. And I'm like, wow. So, you know, like we end up having a Facebook ads person come out and talk to them about this very thing, right? Now you can also designate who you want it to go to. So this is like an older one when I used to boost posts, like before I knew how to run real Facebook ads. So I went in, if you can go and create an audience, it says create your own. So you can go to create your own. You're going to name the audience. So look, it says name the audience. You, you can even choose location. So I may put like United States, right? Or for English, I would put like United States, London, uh, or Europe or whatever. And then interest, remember the behaviors. So it's going to ask you to type in the interest, but this list is not as expansive as it could. You really have to play the guessing game if you haven't done your research to find out what are the interests of the people that you want to attract with how they show up online. So this is a good example. Half of y'all that's listening on my Instagram page or podcast have not ever updated your Facebook. It still looks like you're in college, <laughs> right? Like put a one in the comment box in my line, right? You still showing single and, and you married. You still showing no kids, you, you got five. You still showing that you at your internship site and, and you got a whole business and you didn't graduate and got licensed 10 times over. You have not updated anything, but you just communicating with your family members. Well, what's going to happen? Those type of people are going to be missed during the Facebook ads attraction phase, if you follow, because the way that I may list myself on Facebook, I don't even show up like on paper the people that you want to attract. But it doesn't mean that I'm not that person, but Facebook is not, I mean, it's intuitive, but you got to tell it what to do. So if you put, I want people who identify with like, AMFT, like all these psychological associations, social worker associations, if you're a therapist or whatever business you got, athletes, I want moms. Well, if they haven't even identified themselves as a mom, this is why you're not going to reach as many people. Okay. So again, you want to choose the right ad placement and you also want to understand that who you attract is based on how they are showing up online. So you got to do your research, okay? So what I want to close out with is common mistakes to avoid so that you won't leave money on the table. Number one, once you find out what works, meaning what type of audience works, you're getting results, your goal is to not keep changing it, but to make small tweaks, right? Um, Number two, don't assume that just because you pay more money to reach more people that it's going to yield better results. Bigger is not always better. If I compare myself to other online course like digital creators, I have a very small, tiny list, but sometimes I can yield better results on paper or in my bank account during certain launches, maybe because I spent less money, but I got a higher conversion. So they may be having a million dollar launch and I may have had a six figure launch, a $50,000 launch, but I spent $1,500 and they didn't spend a hundred thousand. So when we're looking at profitability, I look at profit margin, right? Like my profit margin from my launches all year have been over 85%. Profit margin. That means that we've spent a certain amount of money on Facebook ads, a certain amount of money on 
like additional like support staff related to email marketing campaigns, just stuff that we may not have a consistent team member to do just because we don't do launches all the time. So we just hire out for specific things. And so when we look at the numbers, it's like, wow, we like one launch, we had over a 90% profit margin. That means that 90% of all the funds that are going to come in, the revenue that's going to come in from this launch over the payment plan or paying full method, it's all profit. That's crazy in a good way, right? So don't be mistaken by a super big launch because you have no idea what people are paying to get that amount of people, okay? And sometimes we can get into our feelings when you're comparing, I always talk about this, don't compare your chapter one to somebody's chapter 10. And you also have no idea what's going on in their back office. So never assume that you know every single thing that's going on because you follow their funnel, right? The next thing, last uh, common mistake is, Make sure that you're adapting your messaging, like I said earlier, to target your specific audience segment. So I can have a bootcamp for therapists, but I only want therapists that want to grow a solo practice, but there's different layers. There is the ones who are just starting from scratch. There are the ones who need to relaunch. At the end of the day, my program covers information for both because most therapists who already got a practice, they never even started from scratch. They just rolled out of bed and had a practice and did a progress note and said, boom, I'm an entrepreneur. Like you have no systems, right? And that's what we talk about in that boot camp. All right. So on a scale of one to 10, how did y'all like that workshop? Even if you caught the tail end, make sure I'm going to put it on replay. Make sure that you go through it again and take notes. And by all means, shoot me a DM of any other questions that you may have related to scalability. We are in a season where I am answering Q&A about still private practice throughout the year, but more specifically over the next three months, I am answering questions related to scalability. Now, will it turn into me teaching you how to build out your whole email marketing campaign? No, but if you ask me the question, I'm either gonna say, wow, that's a great question. You know what? I think other people have it or other people have had it. So let me go ahead and pump out a podcast episode about it and potentially even do a video or a live. If you can't watch it, listen to it later, watch it later, um, either here on YouTube or whatever. And then... If it will be answered in something that I know that I have coming up, like a live event or a boot camp, I'll just redirect you. Sometimes I'll even redirect you to a previous podcast episode because I don't want to talk about something that's not outdated. I'll just tell you what number or the link to go to and you know, <laughs> like you go listen to it. Okay. So I'm glad that you came over. I know that it was definitely broadcasted very last minute, but I am in a season where I'm also going with the flow of my energy. I've learned the wrong way of like, ain't nothing wrong with pre-planning your year. I'm definitely a planner. However, I have given myself permission over the last two years to change my mind when things don't go right. And let me close y'all out with a shebang case study that's going to be very brief about Facebook ads. When I had my conference last year in Los Angeles, I decided to run Facebook ads to uh, like a DM. And then, you know, we would go back and forth with information because I wanted to potentially have a conversation with those who were interested. So there was some automation behind it, but that's not what I want to highlight. The Facebook ads, y'all, were turned on for a whole like 36 hours. Me and my Facebook ads manager at that time, I run my own Facebook ads, but sometimes I just don't be feeling like it. So I'll delegate it out to like a company. But when I can like, now that we're running like the same type of launches over and over again as well, it becomes easier to just turn back on the ads and change the dates of whatever I'm doing. So nevertheless, the reason why I turned them off, I turned off two sets of ads. The first time I turned off ads like that, it was through me noticing through Instagram, I was getting a lot of men that were not therapists that were just attracted to my profile. So I was like, wow, these dudes following me. Like I ain't posting no inappropriate picture, like whatever. So I went to the ad cause I'm like, 
did I put something? <laughs> I don't know in the background. And it was the picture of me in the pink suit. It was a cute picture, but I guess it started attracting me. And now the way that the algorithm works is that you may have seen this visual. If one man likes it, it's Instagram is going to assume that men like that man is going to like it. So it's going to go to one man and then it's going to send it to five men like that. And then if all of them like it or some of them like it, then each of those is going to send the five men like them. Next thing I, I, I noticed is that my Instagram analytics completely shifted. I went from like a 90-10 split female to male followers to like in 36 hours, y'all, I am not kidding, almost a 50-50. I said, ain't nothing wrong with having men followers, but they're not my targeted audience. So my goal is not just to get dudes as followers. Like I'm married, I'm good. Like I don't want to talk, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was one example of just like a regular Instagram ad. Another one was for the conference. The conference probably had a similar picture, but I started to notice again, it said, are you in Los Angeles, Arizona, or Vegas? At that point, I only wanted to spend money for people to see this ad who I know could get to this conference in like 60 days, not six months out preparation. Got to find a plane ticket, blah, 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 right? So again, a few people said, are you coming to New York? And I was thinking to myself, I just left New York. Like literally I had just left New York. I'm like, where the hell were you? But maybe they didn't know I existed. So all of a sudden I started getting a lot of inquiries where me and my Facebook ads manager quickly went in and changed the automation to say, if they said this, it's like a bot. They need to respond. I need to respond in a bot message like this. So if they say, are you in New York? Cause I had had so many replies. You had to say, pay attention to your data. It said, if somebody replies and says, are you coming to New York? Reply to them and say, not at this time. We actually just came from New York. At this time, we're only focused on the conference in Los Angeles. If you would like to come, please click here. <laughs> right? Um, so after 36 hours of continuously tweaking the ads in the first phase or first two days, we realized that that ad was not working. And I had spent almost like $500 because it was an aggressive ad, but I was spending money attracting people to only ask me, things that are not applied to what I put in the Facebook ad. So why am I sharing this with you? You will have to test out your Facebook ads over and over again until they start to work for you. Okay. So with that said, that wraps up this things to consider before running Facebook ads, video and audio podcasts, a workshop. If you've enjoyed it, please share this episode with someone else. If you need to rewatch it or re-listen to it, please do that. It will be uploaded to the audio podcast probably in the next week and a half. It'll be uploaded to YouTube within the next week and a half, you know, same time frame. The only difference on YouTube is that it will be vertical, but we'll make it like a slideshow where we'll put out the, um, like the key points to the left so that if you want to take notes, you'll have that. Um, but also if you're over on YouTube, please um, subscribe to the channel. Um, I do love to know that therapists are in the house because I do check my data, right? Um, and that's also a place where we tend to host some of our boot camps. all right? So announcements, again, October is sales, uh, October to December is scale season. We do have seats left for our conference. You can find the link in the bio. It is only for therapists and healers and coaches um, who already have an existing business and and you're looking to scale, you want to learn about launching, you want to learn about building out a product suite. Some of these things will readily be available to you um, simply because we've already had pre-recorded or I did them live, but they have replays for workshops. We just wrapped up our seven streams of income workshop, how to take one niche audience and then build out seven streams. So we give you a map for that and some resources. So you can do that on replay. If you're coming to the conference, it will be complimentary to you. 
also, we also included topics about launching so that we can just dive into launching stuff when you get to the conference. And then we also did one on product suite, like before that. Our goal when you walk into that conference is that you are ready to get your hands dirty, literally. Like you're ready to mastermind, talk to people at your table. We will intentionally, based off of a survey, put you at seats, at tables based on your mainstream of income that you desire to launch or have within the next three to six months. So for example, some people chose like group practice, some people chose digital products, some people chose speaking. It's just a a short list, but people were able to choose, but we are getting close to the cutoff time just because we got to do intricate things for the live events, such as picking the menu, confirming the full amount of people who are attending. So we've already ordered like all of the little trinkets and activity things that we're going to do with the participants, but we probably have only about a week left to get the final count. So actually, let me just hold myself accountable and give this to my team right now. Okay. So today at the time of this recording for the podcast listeners, it is September 26th. We are going to shut down enrollment for the conference next Friday, October 6th, because odds are by the 9th, if not the 6th, we got to hand over the menu. So there's a registration form that needs to be completed, right? And then you'll have two weeks to do catch up to watch these workshops. All right. So I will talk to y'all later. Get in my DM and let me know what you thought about this. Comment on the video if you're watching it on the replay. And I will see y'all for another potentially pop-up workshop based on the questions that I receive. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, please head over to our resource page at drtk.com forward slash links for additional abundant resources. Until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.